Good evening, Patriots. And it's Wednesday, May 11th in the year 2022 on the West Coast and on the East Coast. Of course, you're already in the next day. So I finished my test tonight for ham radio and I did it. So I did, I got my tech license and I'll get my general next month. So if you haven't got your ham radio license, get it done. That's important, especially with all this crazy going on. It's really important. And it's a, it's a pretty demanding test if you haven't taken it. So it'll keep you busy. Before we begin tonight, we want to talk a little bit about those things that give you good night's sleep. So why don't we hear from Mike Lindell from My Pillow and some great sales that are going on right over there. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and as you know, my passion is to help each and every one of you get the best sleep of your life. That's why I created my new Giza Dreams bed sheets. I started by using the world's best cotton called Giza. It's only grown in a region between the Sahara Desert, the Mediterranean Sea, and the Nile River. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. I guarantee you they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. I do not like my sheets. I love Mikey's a dream sheet. I'm interrupting this commercial to bring you my BOGO extravaganza. For example, you can buy one of my Giza Dream bed sheets and get a second set absolutely free. Or my six-piece towel sets. Buy one set, get another one absolutely free. Or you can get my classic premium my pillow and get another one absolutely free. So call the number on your screen or go to mypillow.com. Use your promo code to get my buy one, get one free offers and get deep discounts on all my pillow products. You can head on over to mypillow.com forward slash bards. That's our Bards Nation's landing page on my pillow. You can use your promo code bards. And you can also use that promo code anywhere on the Frank Speech site and the My Pillow site or the My Store site. And of course, the big savings right now with buy one, get one free is all over the My Pillow site, along with their other great sales that are going on right now. And if you head on over, or if you decide, I should say, to speak to a real live person, you can call 800 975 2939. 800 975 2939 and use your promo code BARDS while you speak to a Patriot pillow counselor and they'll get you totally hooked up and you will not be disappointed. So I want to talk a little bit about how we are cattle, how we are slaves and cattle to the elite. It's kind of interesting when you think about it. And though I am not a cattleman by any means, I know a few things. Our, our, uh, our mod the Conley knows a lot about cattle, not me. I'm learning. But anyway, there's a few things, analogies I want to bring to point here. And one of the things about cattle is you, you're going to keep them on your property within a fence. And if you look at how that's done, you, you basically you're going to pay for a fence. And then if you have a kind of a gnarly bull or at least a stubborn one like we have up on our property, who got teased by a bunch of naughty cows. They teased him all night long, and so he just decided to walk through a three-strand barbed wire fence like it was nothing <laughs> because his cows are all pregnant and the other cows aren't. So he was being a cow. What can I say? Just being a good bull. Like, hey, man. I'll tell you what, it's like I got some ladies over here that want me, so 
I'm coming right across the fence, moving right on through. And he did. So we've, we're having to reinforce the fence, needless to say. But here's the point that I'm making. Cattle are contained, and ultimately they're contained, and they're moved around in fields. They're fed. They're, they graze. You feed them at some point, maybe, depending on how you raise them. If some people finish feeding, finish them, so they might. One guy up, up near our property is finishing his cows right now on grass. He's not actually finishing them with grain. Other people are, I know, feed them alfalfa pellets and other things to, to soften the beef. The, and then at some point they're going to try, if you are one method of finishing, is to contain them inside kind of a tight corral so they don't move a whole lot. And that atrophy kind of softens the meat, tenderizes it by having atrophy in the meat. And so that's just some basics. So why do I bring all that up? Raising cattle is not cheap because you have to build an infrastructure and you have to spend money on fencing and you have to spend money on other things to keep them happy. And when we look at ourselves, it's very interesting to see what our fence looks like because most people don't realize that we've been slaves and cattle all of our lives. See, the way you keep a cow happy at least one way, besides a bull with a lot of cows, he's happy. But the way that you keep cows happy, in fact, I was just up at the property, and they are all fat and happy right now. There's more grass on this. We have them on a lower area of about 16 acres, and there is more grass in there than they can eat probably for the next two months. They're happy. It's green. It's lush. They're just chomping away. And they're just moseying along. In fact, apparently there was like some lover's quarrel or something because two of them were way up on the hill or they, or they found some special little patch of grass that they wanted to check out while all the other ones were down below. But they they are fed, they're penned, and they're, they're contained with a fence on 13 acres. And that's it. And they don't ask questions. They just go about jumping away. And that bull... Got distracted, obviously, so he didn't stay in. You see, we're kind of like the bulls, but we don't need the cows to do that. We're kind of like the bulls because we don't want to be contained. So we'll walk through fences if we see what's what we're walking towards. And that's what the elites are most concerned about. And the elites are most concerned that we are not going to pay attention to what they need us to pay attention to, which in the metaphor would be the grass, that we're going to be start looking outward and we're going to start looking and going, hey, look at those folks over on the other side of the hill. I'm going to go check them out. And we're going to bump into a fence, and we're going to get to the fence in a minute. But they know that their fence won't hold us very well if we don't obey them. Now, what is our fence? And I find this very interesting because we have an economy that's roughly about $13 trillion a year. And I, I did some rough math today, and we spend about 3 to $4 trillion a year on human fencing. That's a lot of money. And it's a lot of money to keep us fenced in. And what is that fence? Well, the fence are all the things that we keeps us distracted. The fence is the massive amounts of real, of advertising dollars that we that are spent to convince you to buy crap you don't need the fence is the 
the car that they're getting you to buy, not just because you need one, but because now it's got a new paint job. It's got a new color scheme. It's got some, it's got a new little look because you know, cars change every year now, at least cosmetically. Structurally, they don't, they haven't changed much for about a hundred years. Fencing includes things like obeying the, the, the rules of the law so that you don't do things. Otherwise you're afraid you're going to get a ticket. Fencing includes things like being allowed to go hunting when you buy a, a special tag, but only in certain areas, only so many of those tags are issued. So you're not going to be able to participate unless you are being a good person and did it on time. All these things that we are put in place for us that literally to stack up to be trillions of dollars a year just in this country are all designed to keep us fenced in so that we become good, obedient slaves. And yet we're not apparently very easy to fence in because in spite of all of the issues or all the money that they dump into this, like I said, about 13, about 13 out of 13 trillion, roughly three to 4 trillion in that economy in one way or another trickles down to some form of mental fencing. We still aren't very obedient. And when they want to change things, when you want to change things with a cow, you move them to another pasture. Pasture. <laughs> Not a pastor, a pasture. You move into another pasture. And you change. You, you've got your fences already lined out. Maybe you throw a hot wire fence in there to give them a little jolt and remind them not to go back to the old area. And they're going to be fairly obedient once they get in there. And that's how they want us to be. And really, for the large part, we've been very obedient. The progressive left, boy, oh boy, they're good cows. They're good, obedient cows. Because the progressive left, if you tell them to put on a mask, they put on a mask. If you tell them to get a shot, they get a shot. I have said before, and I still hold by this, that those that took the shot and wore the mask, I... Sometimes I, I just ask God, why didn't you make me president just for a few days? Because this is what I would have done. Is I would have declared we had a cure for COVID. And my cure for COVID would have always been, this, I've said this before, it's, been, it's very simple what the cure for COVID was going to be. For those that are needing the shot, we've come up with a better solution than getting something injected in you. You need to push a peanut with your nose down the middle of the freeway for at least 400 meters. Can't use your hands. Just push it with your nose. Now I guarantee you a bunch of people would have done it and they would have lost their nose because they're good, obedient cows. But this institution of our, our country, this organization, this corporate tyranny that we're under it's not very happy with us because we're not being good obedient cows and they they see us as cattle we are to be harvested when they need us to be harvested we provide some with human meat because they like to eat human meat that's not i'm not making that up for the children they provide sacrificial rites through children they're able to sacrifice them to appease their god 
Some humans, some children are turned off into hunting grounds where they can hunt them down as the great game, the great game indeed to hunt humans is the ultimate experience. Other humans are traded for sex. Other humans are forced harvested their organs because the elite need them and want to make money off them. Everything is about money. And we're just good, obedient cows. And while we agree, like we get excited when we like, my goodness, I got hired at a company today. They're going to give me these benefits. They're going to give me all these things. And we don't ever process like how much we're giving back to that company, which makes our wage look like, let's say you make $50,000 a year from a company. I guarantee if they're going to hire you for 50,000, they're making 500,000 off of you. So this is the world that we're in. And it's invisible fencing for us unless we acknowledge it. And unfortunately, this invisible fence is really distorted because we like to believe that we're free. But when I watched those cattle tonight, I realized that they were free in their mind. They had boundaries. They were down at the lower fence where the other the neighbor's cattle were up, and they're all talking to each other for a while, apparently. And there was a young bull down there that was probably enticing them anyway. But since my cows are all pregnant, they don't really care about the young bull. But in that space that they're in, their world, they're free. They're free to roam on this pasture right now. There's, no in, there's nothing inhibiting them. They can go up on the upper hill, lower hill. So it's about 18 acres on this, on this particular pasture. And that, is, that limit is their world. So why, the question I keep asking myself is why have we accepted the limitations on our world? And we have through education, through propaganda, through the media telling us how the world is and how to think, through advertising, which tells us what we need to buy and what we don't need to buy, when the latest trend is, how to dress, how to act, when movies are telling us what the, what realities we are supposed to believe. We, and most movies anymore are what fiction so they're programming us on how to see the world through a fictitious lens and then we have our whole interface with the digital world which is a truth that's constantly being edited by ais on the back end we're using the phone to remind us when to do things when not to do things because we have all these new digits and in apps to beep and pop at us whenever we need because we don't have the brains anymore apparently to figure it out on our own and good and the the idea of using a hand calendar where you actually write something down. Well, my goodness, that's so arcane. How did we get here? How did we literally become like cattle? Because the cattle, the two things about the cattle that they have over human beings, cattle don't need to cook or be reminded when to eat. They just do it all the time. But they can't, fend for themselves, right? Unless there's, if there isn't grass, they're going to starve. So they are dependent on somebody to provide them with food, which for a large part of America these days, that's still the truth. They're dependent on somebody to provide them with food. Look at this baby formula issue. How did we get to a point where babies, in order to nurture, nurse a baby, you had to have baby formula. We've forgotten how to make it, how to create alternate foods. 
what happened to nursing? I mean, I'm just, I'm sitting here stunned at this whole garbage about how mothers are literally panicking because they can't get formula. How did we become so dependent on a master to provide a newborn with food? I thought God equipped us with that or equipped women with that. And so the cattle also they are they don't really think much. They're just going to stay there and eat until they're told to go somewhere else and then they're going to obey and go there. But the other thing the cattle can do that's better than humans is cattle can give birth generally speaking without much assistance. Once in a while you have a breach Sometimes you might have a calf that dies within the, with, within the cow. You're going to have to reach in and pull that out, which isn't the most pleasant issue ever. But for the most part, cattle can bear their own. And we've now gone to a point, to a large degree, where women can't have their own ch- can't have children unless, at least they believe this, unless they're in the hospital with a doctor. Now, fortunately, the whole concept of midwifery is on the rise again. And I know of a number of families that have gone through midwifery lately, and it's just fantastic. Meaning that you don't need the hospital. It's just amazing how far we have fallen when you really think about us. And I know it's not comfortable to look at yourself in the mirror and go, moo, I'm a cow. And yet to a large degree, human beings have become perfect cattle. They're more high maintenance. That's where that three trillion comes in a year because it takes a lot to keep them in their pen. It takes a lot of effort to make things for them that makes them happy. And it's pesky humans when they start demanding things made in the United States when we're making stuff all around the world for them at the cheapest labor possible so they can have the most crap possible with the little budgets that we give them to live off of. That's kind of the elite perspective. And it's problematic when they start to want to do things on their own. And yet here we are. In order for us to truly be human again, we're going to have to stop being so willingly corralled. We're going to have to start being defiant. We're going to have to start understanding what it is to flip tables. When we read the stories in Old Testament and we we read of tales of trial, of tales of difficult times, of overcoming impossible odds, great challenges that people come to, what are the great challenges that we face today? We're fighting a war that's primarily centered on one thing. Perception. We have this thing coming up, which is the vote. And that vote is going to be on whether we have sovereignty or not. So 
that's a question of whether we want sovereignty or whether we want to live under the auspices of the World Health Organization and lose all of our rights. Take a listen to what's happening in Australia. So I just heard that uh, Australia is trying to pass a bill that doesn't allow people to grow their own food. Can anybody confirm that? Because America, you're next. We sure are. But if we're good cows, we'll just agree and we'll just eat what is being fed to us. There's a lot of challenge right now in our world. And here's another one, I, in a sense of obedience. This is Dinesh D'Souza talking about not mentioning his movie when talking to Tucker. I'm still trying to figure out why somebody just didn't just defy the legal request. What would have happened? Take a listen. So, so Tucker Carlson and his producer told Catherine Engelbrecht, we'll have you on, but do not mention 2000 Mules. Don't mention it. We forbid you to mention it at all. And uh, so Catherine was actually very embarrassed. And they were like, what, Dinesh? They, they told me about it. And I was like, listen, you know what? We want the message to get out. So, you know what? Go on, Tucker. I'm not I don't want I'm not asking you to boycott Tucker or not go on the show. Go on the show. But I mean, think of what a disgrace this is and what a what a um, again, as Debbie's saying, we're not saying that that you want you have to praise the movie, mm -hmm. but you have a movie that has all this information and everyone is talking about it uh, and you're telling your guests, mm -hmm. don't mention the movie. Uh, there's a long story here with Tucker and maybe someday I'll, I don't know necessarily want to go into it today. Yeah. But um, but um, well, and this is a case. So I'm curious why somebody didn't just defy it. What would they have done? And see, this is the point of obedience that I get at is the lawyers say to you, absolutely do not mention it. And you, and all you have to say is, okay. And then in the middle of it, just mention it. What are they going to do? Blah, cut you off. Okay. What are they going to do? Say, don't ever come on my show again. And why are we not, why have we become so compliant? I, I've, this is not a new topic here, but it's at the core of why we are where we are. And right now, as we face this loss of sovereignty in our nation, not a small thing. We're getting ready to vote on that. And that is a big deal when it comes to whether how we're going to fight. The, the benefit of what's happening next is the idea that, quite frankly, we're arriving at a point where there's finally going to be the framework for a revolution because we understand that they, we have masters once again, how this whole country started. And those masters, whatever form they're taking, whatever authority they have, is only going to be as much as we give them. The who vote is not a small thing, okay? I'm not going to say that it is. The who vote that they're getting ready to do is going to, matter of fact, I'll just play this. Don't forget, 12 days time, the World Health Assembly is convening in order to vote to remove the sovereignty of 195 countries. They are revising Article 12 of the International Health Regulations to remove the requirement that the Director General convene with and get agreement from the countries in declaration of an international health emergency. So that gives them control, that gives them power. And just in case there's an issue with compliance, 
they're setting up a compliance committee. Now, I, let me ask you this. Why would you need to set up a compliance committee if what you're doing is for the good of everyone? Why would you have to be worried about compliance from countries if what you're doing is for the betterment of the world? And no, these people don't care about our Constitution. Nobody cares about our Constitution except for us. Except for us. So that's, again, that's that question of what are we going to do? And it's an important question because if we want to have them take away our sovereignty, all we have to do is obey, like so many did with the mask and with the injection. Good little slaves, good little cows. And cows that are obedient are so much easier to handle. Matter of fact, typically cows that are disobedient, after a time they end up in the butcher's. And that's kind of how they see us because when we get disobedient and there's only a few, and this is the thing about cows to get that lesson is that there's maybe one cow that'll be disobedient or maybe there'll be a bull that'll be disobedient. And after a time, it gets to be such a problem that you either sell it or you butcher it because it's one. But could you imagine if an entire herd of cows decided to be disobedient? That's another problem. But we don't see that happen. And that's how us as humans, in particular here in the United States, have become to a large degree. Now, I'm speaking in generalities. So if you're not one that is obedient, God bless you, seriously. And I know that this may be seem like droning on a bit about the cows, but the point of all of this is very, is very serious. Because the vote that they're going to take on March 22nd, when we have people seeing, saying things like, wake up, they're going to vote. The question is, what are we going to do about it? Because this is what we know about the elites. They don't care about you. They don't care about me. They don't care about your children. Because why? Because we are their cattle. If I had a cow come up and complain to me, I'd probably just like, go back and eat more grass. Shut up. They don't care about us because we are their cattle. So they're going to be voting on this on May 22nd. I may have said March. If I did, it was my mistake. May 22nd. That's coming right up. And I can almost guarantee you it's going to pass. And it's going to pass because they can do it. And just because they can doesn't mean that they gain anything unless we give it to them. Our authorities in this nation come from God. And that right there is the only authority that we have to report to, the only authority that we are obedient to. Let me read the Declaration of Independence. Second paragraph. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men deriving their powers from the consent of the governed 
that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute a new government, laying its foundations on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Now, I'm going to stop right there because when you're, on, when you're a progressive leftist, taking on a form of government that, that will affect their safety and happiness means more government, not less. It means destruction of the United States and a world citizenship view. That's their perspective. So they are at odds with this government we currently have, yet they are empowered by this declaration, just so we're clear in their mind. And their creator is probably something close to Satan anyway. We're on the other side because we see the essence of life, liberty, liberty being the the strong word there, and the pursuit of happiness, not through government, but from small government and the ability for us to live as sovereign citizens, sovereign people. And this vote that they're taking on May 22nd is to strip away sovereignty from all nations and place it in the hands of the World Health Organization, which then can dictate to any nation how it will run its policies of health and pandemics, etc. The question is, what are we going to give them? Because according, as we continue forward with this declaration, we've been given some very clear duties as people of this country. And so we continue. Prudence indeed will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes. And accordingly, all experience hath shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms of to which they are accustomed. In other words, people get lazy. They, get it, they like the routines. They don't want things to change. They want things to be the same. Well, that's over. That's been over, it died over two years ago. So we continue. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations Pursuing invariably the same object evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism. It is their right. It is their duty. That's the key word. It is their duty to throw off such government and provide new guards for their future security. Such has been the patient sufferance of these colonies, and such is now the necessity which constrains them to alter their form, their former systems of government. And as colonies, we should just say, such is the state now. Now, I think that most of you probably know that I wrote a modern version of this, which is the Patriots Declaration of Independence which is on the website, bardsfm.com, which I'll cruise over to in just a minute. But I want to read this to you. Despotism, which we take as a word and don't define it often enough, is a form of government in which a single entity rules with absolute power. In other words, tyranny. Normally, that entity is an individual, the despot, but in 
some societies which uh, which limit respect and power to specific groups ha- have also been called despotic. So we're seeing that because we're seeing a government that is establishing its power through an LGBTQAI plus nightmare, empowering pedophiles, and doing so with vengeance. And so we ask the question again, what do we do when you have a UN that's declaring that's going to take rule over us? And it begins, most countries don't have the Second Amendment, by the way, and so that's a critical issue to remember that if your government's going to turn against you and it's going to side with the UN, then the government is no longer of the people, and that is what our Constitution says. All of this being said, that there is a time and a place when your liberty becomes so threatened, like the Black Robe Regiment, that as Christians we have no choice but to step into the fight boldly and to confront this evil ruthlessly. This evil cannot have the right to roll over our God-given rights because at the end of the day, our God-given rights are ours to protect and defend. Let that sink in just a minute. Our God-given rights are ours to protect and defend. I guess I should probably bring in Luke ten nineteen here. Behold, I have given you authority to walk on snakes and scorpions and authority over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will injure you. God's given us that right, that authority. Not just right, but he's given us that authority. And so we are entering into a time right now when it's very clear that our enemy, our true master of us, of the slaves, is making its face known of what it intends to do and the sovereignty it intends to strip. The answer is they aren't going to strip it if you are truly a patriot and truly an American. And for those that want to comply and support, this is how beautiful this move is going to be because I do anticipate them to vote for it and to confirm it. The beautiful thing is now that in our own country, we've been looking for that line, that place where God would bring a sword to the world and it would be perfectly clear. And guess what? This is it. Because if they pass this, anybody that sides with the UN, anybody that sides with the WHO is now a traitor and is conducting treason on the soil of the United States. Anybody that fights is standing for what it is to be a free, sovereign individual who's fighting for liberty and the pursuit of happiness that was given to us by God and documented by our founding fathers. This is the line. And if you're going to try, if one is going to try to walk in that middle ground, there's no more place. You are either going to be on one side of this line or the other. You don't get to walk in a middle ground and try to bring people together to get them to do love and hugs. We've heard of this. These people are trying to bridge. Let me bridge you together. Let me bring you together. Group hug, group hug. Okay, let's talk about our differences. Not a chance because there's no coming together when you want to side with a one world order versus side with a sovereign nation. And as we watch this happening and we see this go deeper and deeper, like we talked today in the bended knee about the impact of taking the shot, which I will recount here. 
the idea that as we know more about these injections, what we have learned, and one thing is stem cells that are in these injections. And in order for them to make these injections, they have had to harvest the stem cells from living fetuses, which means that without anesthetic, the fetus has to be alive. They have to remove the brain. They have to remove the heart while the fetus is alive. And then they remove the stem cells from the liver while the fetus is alive. And they need third-term fetuses, which explains why we have been seeing the rise of third-term abortions, because they need more fetuses for this new level of production of new versions of injections. So as I said today, I can't, a person that's taken the injection, I can't personally forgive them for that. I can't. But only one person can, and the only way I can accept them is if they go through this one act. And what is that? You have to repent before Christ. And you have to give your heart to Christ because it's only then that your full repentance can absolve you from that sin that you've conducted, whether willfully or ignorantly, nonetheless, you have done one of the most abhorrent things you could do, which is to perpetuate the murder of unborn. And that's my line. Whether you agree with it or not, uh, well, I don't care because I'm clear with God on this and I'm good with this. I stand firm on this place. So there's not a middle ground on this for me. Not when it comes to building bridges with those that took the injection. And that's exactly where we have to get to with the clarity of what when the WHO makes this vote. Because if the WHO does vote to take control of our sovereignty as a nation, it is black and white to me. You are either on the side of the republic and a sovereign nation, or you are on the side of a new world order. You don't get to walk in the middle, and you don't get to try to reach over and bring two sides together. Matter of fact, I despise those that will try to do that more than I despise, it's pretty close, but then more than I despise the others. Because at least those that stand are standing with the new world order, at least they stand for something. They're not trying to stand in the middle and be milk toast and super gumby. This is a time when we're going to define who's who. And it's a good time for that. And it's time now that this nation will literally grow up. Stand with the Republic or stand with the New World Order. If you're standing in the middle, I'll personally kick you. Because it's a dumb place to be and you're weak and feckless. We want to see people that stand for something. We are constitutional patriots. Don't use the term sovereign citizen. You're going to get yourself in trouble because the FBI has already put it on the terror watch list for domestic terrorists. And I'm pretty sure that most of them that caused a problem were paid for by the FBI anyway. We're constitutional patriots or constitutional citizen, whatever you want to call yourself. And that's what we stand for. And it's very clear where we have to stand on here. It's principle, and most importantly, it's the foundation of faith in our loving God. 
And if you doubt what can be done, if you're doubting for a moment that this will have power, let me point to something here that's pretty important. This comes from DC underscore Drano. And this is what he writes. Notice how we don't hear any more big companies attacking Florida's anti-groomer law. That's because they saw what happened to Disney and their jaws hit the table. Governor DeSantis sent out a clear message to every woke boardroom across America. Mess with our kids and we'll take you down without hesitation. This is how we take our country back. These sorts of decisive, ruthless actions in the, the form that we take legally, active in people's face, taking actions to ensure that they are exposed, that they are deep removed from their office, or they lose their financial base. If they're going to go after children, if they're going to promote a new world order, if they're anything like that, <clears throat> We have an obligation, not just to ourselves, not just to our nation, but we have an obligation to God to make sure that we fight ruthlessly and with such fervor that when we get through, they are trying to figure out which way is up and they are running for cover. Patriots, this is war of the highest order now. They've been slaughtering unborn babies. For years, total body count, 62 to 70 million unborn, dead, turned into bits and pieces, included in flavorings for your food and vaccine injections and everything else under the sun. Only thing we haven't seen, thank goodness, at least not formerly, are commercial products like lampshades and wallets. That was done by the Nazis. I'm surprised that hasn't come out yet, but that's only a matter of time. We're dealing with the most wicked of wicked. They have been going after the children once again. They're going after the baby formula. Which, by the way, the main problem with the baby formula is that there's one plant of baby formula in the United States that was shut down by the FDA but has now been approved to open, and they're saying they won't reopen. Why? Because they're going to import the baby formula from some other country. Probably because they're going to put something else in it. We have to sever our dependence on the system. We have to now take the actions of flipping tables. This is where we are. And that resolve, that decisiveness, that focus has to be fearless, has to be rock steady on the rock of faith and our loving God. Every one of us now needs to be a David. Standing without any hesitation, not waiting for God to say, well, it's time. Instead, stepping forward of God and saying, you've defiled my Lord, and now I'm going to cut your head off and feed it to the birds. And they have defiled our God, the one God. They have insulted Jesus. I'm sick of this stuff. And it's time that we throw down and make it very clear that this will not happen in this nation. And it's not going to happen with one person speaking over the side with a high little voice and saying something, even though they may have great courage. 
This needs to be a resounding thunder of voices and people that are now so sick and tired of these people determining our future that we finally just tell them clearly, it's never going to happen. You can do that in your county. You can do that in your cities. You can do that in a combined effort across the states. But what needs to be very clear is if they pass this law and if they support this law, there is no safe place for them where we live. This is war of the highest order. This is them stealing what God gave us. And I, for one, won't take that one laying down. And I don't think God's going to have any problem with that. At least I won't. And I will stand before him no matter what comes of this. And I will explain my case and plead my case clearly. That what you gave us, Lord, they tried to steal. And there was no way I was ever going to let that happen. For what you gave us was sacred and blessed. And what they tried to do was defiled and evil. There's one place for them. It's the lake of fire. And I'm more than happy to help them find their way. Let us pray. Father, we come to you tonight just very focused, very much alert and aware of the threats that are looming on the near horizon. This is time, Lord, that we pray tonight for that intensive fire, that righteous fire that burns within our souls to awaken that true sense of a powerful Christian warrior, the compassion, the empathy, all that are there, but with a focus and intensity that will not waver and will not bow. This is not a point of compromise. This is a point of understanding our red lines. And Father, we just ask that you'll guide us and clarify each path here now. This is war. You have placed us here in this time because you've asked us to be, needed us to be, trusted us to be, and you have trusted us. And so now we see this evil rising as it seeks to steal that which was never theirs to take. Seeks to steal that which you gave to us as sovereign. And we choose our free will to choose to take a stand to say that they will never take what you have given to us and gifted to us as your children. Thank you, Father, for all you have given. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you have sacrificed. The war drums begin. And we are ready. Under the banner of Christ, with Father as the wind behind us, we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. You're going to hear a lot of rhetoric, a lot of people. Some will be level, some will be anxious, some will be panicked about this coming vote. I welcome it. Because when the enemy exposes itself, I now know who to go after. This vote, if it does happen in their favor, will clarify the field for us. And there'll be no more question about who is an American and who is not. 
This land was given to us by God. Between that point and where we are now, there's been a lot of hijacking of stewardship, malicious acts and despicable acts to destroy everything that was a gift from God. Now it's time that we build bridges with warriors who love this land, warriors who love liberty, warriors who seek freedom. Now is the time to find our tribes and to unite the tribes into the kingdom and to be prepared because war is war drums have begun. What they start, we will finish. And when we finish, we will put God back on the throne of this nation. Have a very blessed night. I'll see you tomorrow for Bended Knee. It's 1 p.m. Pacific. Until then or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. All this time we had to prove that we could stand here too. All the nights been pushing through, fight for all we had to lose. Reaching out for something to pull us up to level ground. Oh, I can see it now. I can see it now.
my mind We run away sometimes When belonging becomes something to find We always come back to what we know Keep it close on the cold days, darling Counting all the ways Where you are safe Place to hide from the rain 